Welcome to Revive, the marketing podcast for manufacturers. My name is Jared Faulkner, the client services manager here at Vive. We received a lot of positive feedback from our recent recruitment-based episodes and guests. With employment continuing to be a hot topic in the manufacturing industry, we're excited to welcome Kylie Varga from Westminster Tool. Kylie is the head of human resources at Westminster Tool and is going to share what it means to hire for character and train for skill. Kylie, thank you for joining us today. Jared, thanks so much for having me. I'm kind of excited to share our perspective here at Westminster Tool, and hopefully your listeners will be able to have one or two takeaways that they can integrate into their own organization. I'm sure they will after reviewing this outline. Well, I'd like to start today's conversation uh, just by introducing what it means for you to hire character and train for skill. Hire for character, train for skill, it means that you find the right person for the organization who really aligns with the business, and then you train them for whatever position it may be that you're looking to hire for. So typically, we're hiring people that are entry level with minimal manufacturing experience. Well, I have to go back to your first response and touch a little bit on Westminster Tools core values. So what exactly are those core values? And in your opinion, should these align with the core values of all businesses and just not in manufacturing alone? Yeah, so our core values here at Westminster Tool are dynamic, curious, motivated, and integrity. I would be very surprised if there's another organization in the world that has these same core values because the core values should be unique to the business. But I think, answer your question, I think that every business, regardless of your a manufacturer, retail, whatever, should have core values that you're kind of looking to hire from, right? Mm-hmm. And I can share that with Westminster, what we did when we created our core values was we looked at the employees that had been successful and then the employees who hadn't been successful. And we kind of said, okay, what were those common attributes? And it became very clear. I want to say that we had a list of like 45 different words. And by the time we were done, we narrowed it down to these four dynamic curiosity, motivation, and integrity. And one thing that I did say is that I don't think that any company would have all four of ours. It would be unlikely, but they probably have one or two. You know, I always joke when I'm doing orientation, everybody says integrity, right? I don't think a company is ever going to hire somebody that has bad integrity. You Mm -hmm. know, to knowingly do that would not be a good idea. Exactly. And to be able to trust your employees is super important, especially when they're coming to work every single day. You need to trust them to be on time and have integrity in their position. I completely agree with that. Most definitely. So touching base, understanding the why, the why of Westminster Tool. This one is also near and dear to Vibe as we registered our own ZWEC analysis, trying to help us and our clients understand their why. So what is that why at Westminster? I love that Vive is so passionate about the why as well. In fact, um, the Flip Group, which is the Future Leaders in Plastics, we just had a book club, but instead we watched a TED Talk and we focused on Simon Sinek, Start With Why. And I just love how eloquently he explains it. So for any listeners that want to learn more, I would definitely recommend checking out his TED Talk or his book. But when we talk about the why at Westminster Tool, Our why is really our vision, creating a sustainable business environment, improving the quality of life for our customers, employees, and the community, growing people, specifically our employees, and helping our employees to reach their greatest potential. These are the reasons why we are in business. And 
we are all united around moving towards that vision. Um, I always compare vision as that pursuit of perfection. You're never actually there, but you're always striving to get there. Mm-hmm. Simon says it perfectly. Uh, I know this Ther- Teresa is a huge advocate for him, and we watched many videos on how he just is so passionate about the workplace and can really give a lot of great detail and opinions on how things are perceived and how things necessarily should be or could be. So it's interesting that you find value in him as well. Yeah, Teresa actually shared a really great TED Talk. Uh, She was one of our guest speakers for Flip earlier this year. And it's a a clip that I'm going to be sharing at our next management team meeting. So definitely recommend, Simon. Oh, how cool. Well, with with the alignment of those core values and identifying that true purpose, known as that why, how has your interview process changed over the years? I think it's drastically changed. Uh, Even like within the last six months, um, I'm on this initiative right now. How can we improve our hiring process? Um, But when I talk about how it's changed, we've always kind of focused on getting to know that person better. But I think where it's changed is the recruiting process Mm -hmm. in the sense that probably 90 plus percent of the people that we hire are entry level. So we're not really talking about the skill set that they have. We understand that they don't have really any manufacturing experience and understand that they are going to gain that experience and that knowledge on the job. So as you can imagine, that's completely changed how we interview. We are talking about if it's a younger person, maybe just out of high school, what clubs did you participate in? What did you do in your spare time? Like finding out more about what makes this person tick. And then also when we're talking about our core values, we also incorporate that into the interview process. So if we like, for example, a question, if we wanted to dig into how dynamic somebody maybe is, the question might be, Jared, can you tell me about a time that you faced a challenge and how did you resolve that challenge? And is the response, I brought it to my manager or is the response I dug in and tried to fix it myself? There is no right or wrong answer. It's all about that mentality as to how did they attack it? We're looking for problem solvers, right? We want the people that don't go to the manager and say, hey, I can't figure this out. We want the people that take at least a stab at it, right? Don't spend all day trying to solve a problem, but make your best attempt. Mm -hmm. It's all about those intangibles that people can come into the business with and provide. I like the comment you made about knowing what they did outside of work and outside of school and what their passions are, because that shows that you actually really do care, not just trying to hire to fill a number, fill a position. So I really appreciate your dedication to uh, the job process and the interview process on that. You also realize not many individuals have a manufacturing background, uh, and then they can come in, learn, give it all they have, uh, adapt. And also, you understand that they want a, a job with the stable conditions as well. And you know, manufacturing is here to stay. <laughs> yeah. And Jared, I think that's something that's really important to mention is that we've really focused on bringing in people with no skills. So we have an internal training program called Westminster Academy so that we can train people, right? I don't think that an organization could just say, oh, we're going to hire for character and train for skill. And we're going to bring on all these entry-level people with no experience we really have taken the training mindset. We've really taken that to heart 
mm-hmm. and integrate it into our business. Something else that we do that's a little bit unique, I think, is that we recently actually just made it a requirement. But for a potential candidate to do a half-day job shadow at Westminster Tool, because we have come to the understanding that Westminster Tool is not the right employer for everybody, right? And any business should be able to come to that realization as well that, hey, my company may not be the right fit for every single person. But by giving the person an opportunity to come in, do a job shadow, learn a little bit more, see what the day-to-day looks like, it helps them to make a better choice as well. And then it also gives us a chance to see, okay, how does this person really react in a real-world situation? Mm-hmm. And how do they interact with with the overall teammates as well? And so that makes perfect sense. And I, I really love that idea. I think that having an individual job shadow for a day is going to give them the clear insight of how they will appreciate the job, uh, be able to uh, work with others during the job, and if they actually find a passion for it and like it. So have you found that with this job shadowing day or half day, has it decreased turnover? And would you also like to share what this job shadow exactly looks like at Westminster Tool? Yeah, so honestly, it's still too early to tell what the impact will be on our turnover rate because we just started making it mandatory earlier this year. So we've only had three candidates that have had to go through it on a mandatory basis. So can't really report on that right now, but ask me again this time next year. And I'm hoping that I'll have some great supporting data for that. When we talk about our job shadow, we have somebody come in and it's usually for four hours. So they'll come in and they'll be partnered with an employee and that employee will take them on a tour of the shop, introduce them to some of the other employees here at Westminster Tool And then a majority of their time, they are going to be working in the area that they're interested in. So if somebody is a designer, we're going to put them with our engineering team. If somebody's interested in being a machinist, we're going to put them with our CNC operators. So we really want to make sure that there's an alignment with the skill set that they're interested in and pursuing and making sure that we have that alignment in the job shadow. The job shadow, this is something that I should have mentioned earlier, is not just limited to those people that are interviewing at Westminster Tool. We also open up our job shadows to the local high schools, community colleges, any sort of career training to give people an opportunity to understand what a day in manufacturing looks like. I think that a lot of people don't understand what advanced manufacturing is. They have this antiquated view as dark, dirty, dangerous. So the more people that we can get into our shop and show what manufacturing is truly like, the faster we're going to be able to change that negative perception. Yeah, this is great. Because I know many, many friends, including myself, we've been scared going into a new job, not really knowing what to expect, understand the day-to-day entails from not actually if you're going to like it, if you're going to like the team, and if it's for you. So this job shadowing really resonates with me, and I think that a lot of people listening to this podcast as well will find some value in this. So thank you for sharing. Yeah, of course. So although this opportunity may decrease your overall employee turnover potentially, This has to have some sort of cost evaluation, correct? Having a job shadow. Yeah, like just spending more time in general definitely has a cost to it. Mm -hmm. So that expense that's associated with that. Could you talk a little bit about the DOL estimates on the cost return over approximation? Yeah, so the DOL estimates that hiring the wrong employee um, is about, costs the company about 30% 
of the person's first year annual wages. For us, I believe that that number is probably closer because we spend a lot more time in the onboarding phase, if you will. For us, that number is probably closer to about 45% based on some of the data that I've run. However, I will say that if you get it right and you don't have to worry about losing that 45%, you're really in a much better a much better situation. And that kind of leads into my next point about how important retention is because people truly are the greatest asset. And I hate to compare people to machines, but I think that it's an analogy that helps people to relate better. But you wouldn't purchase a machine and never invest in upgrades or preventative maintenance. So same thing for employees. Like we don't want people to get bored. We want them to keep pursuing their passion. So it's all about helping the employee to elevate within the organization, learning a new technology, learning to be able to help in a different way. Things like that really help to improve our retention. Although you may hate that analogy, I find a lot of value in that. I don't mind it. I think it makes sense if you want things to last. And in in this case, people, I think you need to invest in their sustainability and their growth. Yeah. And, you know, I focus a lot on like the the things that are specifically related to the job. So like on the job training and career advancement, but also too, we really try to have a community within the workplace where people want to come to work. So we have cooking competitions probably about every other month. And in that cooking competition, we'll have, I think, I'm trying to think what our last one was. Chili cook-off. Yeah, we did a chili cook-off and we've done cookie cook-offs, but basically we have a general theme and then we're all trying to come up and fight for that first place trophy. And if you walk around the shop, you'll see trophy collections are, we're not hoarders, but we have quite a few trophies. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think it's really cool that you not only market to, you know, potential employees, but your internal team as well. Would that make sense to make them feel welcome and important just like it would for a new candidate? Most definitely. So finishing up, is there anything you'd like to share that you found to be a successful culture builder besides those cook-offs within the workplace? Yeah. So I think the first thing is to start with your core values and your vision, having those in place and have them written down and educate everybody on the team about them is super helpful because all of a sudden you go from people that maybe like this team that maybe doesn't understand the direction that you're trying to go in. And all of a sudden you get everybody moving in the same direction towards whatever that vision is. I would say that that is probably the most important thing to establish if you haven't done that already. And then quality over quantity. A lot of the initiatives that we rolled out when we went through this kind of cultural transformation was we focused on the quantity. And when the quality wasn't there, we had some projects that kind of fell apart. And which leads me to my next point, which is fail fast. So if something's not working out, failing is totally fine right? Don't keep doing something because you think it's the right thing to do, but you're not getting the positive result. Fail fast means, okay, this isn't working. What tweaks can we make to make it work? Or do we need to scrap this and go back to the drawing board? The faster you do that, I think that the more trust, if you will, uh, employees are going to have with you. I like that. Feeling fast. That's how I feel growing up in in sports, in the gym. Failure is what pushes you to be better than who you were the, the day before. So yeah, I think that sometimes, and I know that I'm guilty of this, we put kind of our heart and soul into a project and then it doesn't come to fruition, right? Or like it doesn't have 
the impact that we thought it would. And it's like, oh man, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to dump this because it had great intentions and that's fine. But if you're not getting the result, well, it, it really wasn't worth it. So what can you tweak? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, thank you for all the insight today, Kylie. I really appreciate it. I yeah, think you share a lot of good things that our listeners today will be able to take hopefully to their own business and be able to intertwine with their team, their marketing team, their internal administration team, and also their employees. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Jared, for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. And if anyone would like to reach you, where should they go? Uh, email is the best, kvarga at westminstertool.com. Awesome. Well, that wraps up this episode of Revive. Thanks again for listening in and to Kylie Varga for joining us today. Stay tuned for more episodes of Revive, the marketing podcast for manufacturers.